Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for the opening, the, the opening drive. No way around it, Dan. We just started talking about it. The weather, the weather, the weather. You turn on your TV. It's before uh, this lead story in every local newscast. You step outside and you understand why. Braced for the worst. Uh, the Bills left Buffalo early. They are not new with this because right. they had to leave Buffalo early to get to Detroit because they had to play a game in Detroit earlier this season because of blizzard conditions in their city. Now they're dealing with uh, conditions in Chicago that are less than ideal. You're going to get your white Christmas people. I don't know if this is what you had in mind, but how has the rhetoric been about anything other than the weather this week, Dan? Because it seems like that's been the topic of conversation in both cities. Well, well, well first, the, the Bills, as you just mentioned, played back-to-back games at Ford Field because they had to leave early to get to, to play, or they had to go to, to Detroit to play that game that was moved from their home stadium and then stayed there to play that Thursday afternoon game against the, the Lions. And then last Saturday... They play a snow game against the the Miami Dolphins with snowball fights breaking out left and right and and, and obviously becoming uh, something that became a topic of conversation there. So the Bills are are being followed by weather right now. And so they're to blame for all this. We can put this all on them and then see how they and the Bears respond on on Saturday. I think there's – you know, in terms of the vibe at Hellas Hall, you you sense a team that is still loose, a team that is still kind of riding – the waves of encouragement that they've been able to create for themselves with a few of us in the, the locker room on um, I guess it was Wednesday afternoon. We're just talking about how this did not feel like a three and 11 locker room, just in terms of the mood. Um, and, and that's, that's rare, but it's been a rare season as you and I have talked about a lot. It's been a very odd year to get your arms wrapped around. Um, I do think that there are a, a number of guys in that locker room that are a little bit worn out by a losing streak that dates back to, you know, October 24th. It's a long way back now. And I think there's a lot of guys that would love to, to have that taste of success that actually shows up with a victory. It doesn't seem likely this week. The bills are uh, nearly a double digit favorite coming into town uh, as road favorites. Uh, and we'll see where it goes, but uh, it, it, you know, it's been interesting just to kind of have a, a finger on the pulse of that mood in that house hall locker room. I, I can't believe it by watching and hearing and just observing uh, maybe a step removed from where you are right in the middle of it, because all season long, it, it seems as if with with teams that are struggling to the extent the Bears have struggled, you look for cues and you look for hints and signs of dissension, of things fraying apart. And, and I guess the longer this goes on and there's no end in sight, there's no end in sight. I don't I, I personally will be surprised if the Bears win again. And, and I hear the tone 
and I observe like Justin Fields at the podium, Cole Komet comes to mind. These are guys that I don't know if it's just good editing or what, Dan, but they have really put forward a professional positive face in, in spite of the adversity and the drudgery of a losing streak. I'm not going to go full Ted Phillips here and say, boy, isn't this a great losing streak, great for the character of this football pro, uh, program and, and, and organization. But I have been at least no, struck by how things haven't gotten away from this group. And I think it's because largely Justin Fields has emerged and established himself not only to the to the football public, but I think internally maybe as the guy who makes this go and everybody realizes that. Well, so that's certainly a huge factor. And, and when your quarterback is playing at a high level and playing at a level that makes you feel a lot more comfortable about your future, it gives you the luxury of being able to take a deep breath, of being able to zoom out and see a bigger picture perspective. I think that's all very healthy and it keeps you in a, in a good mindset and a good balance. I think there's another part of this that this was true all throughout the Ryan Pace regime and remains true under the Ryan Poles regime, when you fill your locker room with high character guys and you eliminate the guys that, that are the first to uh, sort of flee a sinking ship, it allows you to create a culture that, that steadies you through losing streaks. Now, again, you know, I, I always criticize George and Ted for um, – praising how well the airbags worked, right? When, when it was, let's just try to not crash the car again. You know, like, I'm glad we've got good airbags that, that lessen the blow of this, but let's stop crashing the car into a wall. Eventually, the Bears are going to have to get there. There's also a first season effect to this. This is a new regime. And if they have double-digit losses in December in 2023 or 2024 or 2025, you're not going to feel the same vibe. A first-year regime coaching staff front office is always given um, just a, a little bit of a, a longer leash because it's new and, and nobody has lost faith to that level. Now, I think some of what you and I have been talking about uh, for a couple months now is you don't want to create an acceptance of failure or an acceptance of mediocrity inside your building where it becomes easy to shrug past setbacks as easily as this organization for a quarter century has shrugged past setbacks. And so you have to guard against that at all turns. But that said, I think that this team right now um, understands who it is, what it's up against and where it hopefully is going to go. And I don't think that this mood again is going to last into 2023 if the, the, the same sort of problems persist. What they're up against on Saturday is, of course, the weather. We'll get back to that because you you'd heard from Matt Eberflus, you heard from Luke Getze, and I didn't realize or had forgotten that Flusey was on that Dallas staff yeah. back in 2013. That was the night that we all will remember for Mike Ditka tearing off his coat, right, going to <laughs> the microphone, and he was honored that night. Dan, was it, were they retiring his number? What was the occasion? Refresh my memory, and then – uh, factor in how Flusi was involved and what his memories were this week. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what the Ditka, the, the the significance of that was. They obviously don't have a ring of honor there, so it wasn't that. But they were obviously, I think it was his jersey retirement yeah. that night that they were that they were doing, and it was it was cold. I, I shared this story earlier in the week on the radio. I remember parking my car in the Waldron deck, which is just south of Soldier Field, and walk into that media entrance and being like holy cow, like these eight minutes were as much as I could take that night because of the way that the wind chill was biting and how cold it was. The other thing that you remember from that night, and certainly uh, a lot of people 
probably recall this was Josh McCown was still starting at quarterback for the Bears and led the Bears to six touchdowns and two field goals on the first eight possessions of the game, took a kneel down to end it. And it was that game where you're like, man, they've really found something here. This guy just put up 45 points, a backup quarterback for a team in the middle of a playoff hunt and chasing a division championship, just put up 45 points. He was named to NFC Offensive Player of the Week. And then the next day, the Bears switched back to Jay Cutler, and we know how that season ended up. How did that season end up? Wow, they lost. That. They lost yeah. in the finale. I, and they I finished. remember that yeah. one. Ever. <laughs> I remember Chris Conti and Randall Cobb. That's another story, another week. All right, so Matt Eberflus was actually on the Dallas staff when temperatures dipped to as low as I think it was in the negative teens, wind chill wise And this is what he had to say, reminiscing about that moment this week. Yeah, it's just bitter cold. It was bitter cold. You had to really make sure all your skin was covered uh, because, you know, you would, you know, potentially get frostbite and all that. So you had to make sure you used, uh, you know, Vaseline on your face, you know, to make sure everything's covered up right. But uh, it was uh, it was cold. And the, and, the, and the helmets sound weird when they hit, you know, so it was uh, it was cold. I think it was minus, I want to say 13 or something like that. All right, so that was Matt Eberflus about the 2013 experience at Soldier Field. And I don't know if you ever get good at coaching in conditions like that, Dan. I don't know if those previous experiences help you deal with the, what's in front of you, because I think when you're dealing with what's in front of you in conditions that will be presented to them on Saturday afternoon, I just think you're worried about one play at a time one series at a time, one quarter at a time, until you get through it. It's as cliche as they come. I don't know any other way to deal with that. Get the Vaseline ready, as Matty Bufu <laughs> said. He said he couldn't feel his feet in that game in December 2013. And so uh, hopefully they have enough things and, and, and they're prepared going to the sideline. We were talking to Cole Komet in the locker room on Wednesday afternoon, and he doesn't like wearing sleeves beneath his jersey. And he's like, I think I'm just going to go without sleeves. And we're like, Cole, I don't think you're going to be able to. You're going to get frostbite and wind up in the hospital. And so I think for, for certain players, there's going to be some consultation that needs to be had on, hey, guys, this is, this is what you need to do to keep yourself safe as much as, as locked in. And then the other part of this is the mental aspect of this. And I thought that uh, Bears offensive coordinator Luke Getze had some interesting things to say about that because he understands that this could become a, a psychological factor if you let it. And here was kind of his message to his players for the week. No, I, I mean, we said it the other day. I mean, how you stay warm is, is, is stepping on the field and, and playing violently and playing together and celebrating together. That's how you stay warm. And so we're going to focus on that and executing our stuff. And, um, you know, you, you deal with it. And if it's on your mind and it's distracting you, then you're not going to be able to execute at the highest level. So fortunately, we got a couple of days that we get to go practice at it and get our, get our minds, uh, get our heads straight. So Olin Krutz, our guy earlier this week, I think on Twitter, pointed out that the secret to playing in cold weather, he said, is having some hand warmers uh, and also short sleeves. But he had like a short sleeve surfing uh, kind of contraption, which is, is maybe helps con keep the heat in. I don't know if that is uh, something that they sell in NFL uh, locker rooms. I'm sure they'll get their hands on the best equipment possible. Yeah. But Dan, I know there will be sleeveless offensive linemen out there, probably sleeveless defensive linemen out there. I am most curious. I am most curious to what Justin Fields chooses uh, to wear or not to wear because I think it Gloves was too, right? Yeah. The, the gloves and and how he – there was a pretty cold game a couple weeks ago. I forget now which one it was. But he came out in short sleeves, and he was had bare arms. And I think that sometimes the psychological statement you make, yeah, you may be risking discomfort, but 
I, I like a quarterback that isn't worried about wearing long sleeves. I know that sounds very meatballish, but <laughs> I don't mind my guy trying to make a statement and, and hang with the offensive lineman that way. Yeah, uh, either way. I, I, I'll go either or on that one. If the quarterback wants to wear sleeves and it helps him move the chains, they, they'll, they'll be they'll be more than happy with uh, some points going on the board if, he, if he's got some sleeves on. A couple little uh, behind-the-scenes anecdotes for you. The first one for me on, on Monday, I didn't realize this storm was rolling in, and I was at House Hall late, and I was typing up my QB re- Rewind uh, for ChicagoTribune.com, and I went in over just to – to talk to, to Jeff Joniak in his little cave there in the side of the media room. And we, I, I ran into frantic Jeff Joniak. You obviously know, you've seen that before. And he was just kind of, I said, what, what's going on? Why are you so, why are you so excitable this afternoon? He, he starts telling me about the storm. And at this point, there were some forecasts out there that we were going to get three and a half feet of snow and that power lines were going to be in jeopardy. And, and, and Jeff was so scared that the, you know, the Thursday and Friday forecast was going to take the power down at his house and, and disrupt his preparation for the game. He was trying to cram all his preparation in on Monday night and going through all the paces. And I said, damn, like I better go check, the, the, the weather app, right? And, and, and the weather forecast on the internet to make sure I, I know what I'm dealing with so I can, can figure this out. But so since Monday, it feels like uh, at least the snow totals have come down dramatically. I think we're still expecting, obviously, this extreme chill uh, and the winds are going to be really interesting because as we saw last week, the winds factored in and we'll have more on that in our kicker segment later in this episode. The other one, I want to ask you this because 2008, I was still a uh, college basketball reporter in North Carolina, came home for the holidays and my birthday and uh, this was pre-kids, so so my wife and I used to spend a night in the city, and and she had was trying uh, all week to get tickets to a, a Bears Packers Monday night game on December twenty second, two thousand and eight, and she wasn't getting them. And then she said, "Hey, I was going to try to surprise you, trying to get you tickets to this this game." And I said, "I don't want to go to that game. It's going to be seven seven below zero. And so we aborted that mission and ended up uh, watching it at Ditka's downtown and i remember again the walk from ditka's to to the hotel we were standing at on michigan avenue being like i don't know how anyone is sitting outside for three and a half hours and that do you remember that night at all it was a, I, a game I, the bears won on a walk-off robbie gold kick i do vaguely remember that night i do remember it being very cold my my frame of reference for cold games at soldier field though i think 2008 that would have been the first year that that was that Favre's last year in chicago in the green bay it might have been Rodgers' first year I think starting. Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback, so yeah, yeah that, that was the case. Um, the uh, Chad Hutchinson led Bears, I think, back in 04 or 05, had a game uh, against the Houston, and it was as cold as it gets, sub-zero, and that's the coldest I could ever remember being at Soldier Field. The, the Packers game doesn't necessarily – um, stand out. There have been some cold ones. The Cowboys game also comes to mind just because. But Dan, none, nobody wants to hear reporters who sit in the press box <laughs> complain about how frigid the walk is from the car to the stadium. Yeah, I, have, I have said the same thing because it is adversity by our definition. Admittedly soft. I, I, I will I will uh, own up to that. And you know, obviously, in the press box, sometimes we crank those windows open a little bit to get some fresh air and get a little bit of crowd ambience. I, I'm going to be making sure that Big Z doesn't get eager to, to get on that swivel and open that window up in front of our seats in the press box because it's going to be too cold. Let's keep that shut. Let's keep the noise out and let's keep the warmth in. I got to tell a quick story now that you brought it up. So Super Bowl, this is different, different uh, stadium, different city. Bears weren't even playing. Super Bowl in Minneapolis. You said Brad Biggs. I'm going to tell this. <laughs> I've said this before. So Biggs and I were at the, at the hotel and we walked to the game. You know, that's that short walk yeah. from uh, the, the hotel to the um, or to, to the shuttle, I'm sorry, to the shuttle at, at the Mall of America. 
and and it was probably 15 degrees below zero. <laughs> and Brad comes down without a coat and walks without a coat from the hotel to the shuttle bus, probably eight minutes tops. But he did not even shiver. Some guys just have, you know, that toughness. I am not one of those guys. I will have as many layers as possible. But Big Z, he gets it done in the winter. Also, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you know, we typically go to Minneapolis. We went to Minneapolis this year in October, which was a great change of pace. We typically go there in late December, early January. And there have been games up there, even though they play inside, where it's like minus 45 degrees out. And I had uh, my cell phone go from 90% battery to zero while I was waiting for an Uber. And, and so all of a sudden you're like, I don't even know, like a car pulled up. I'm like, I can't cross check this. I'm going to get in. If this guy takes me where I'm going, great. If I don't wind up there, I'm screwed. But that's, that's the kind of cold you deal with up there. I'm stunned you lived there as long as you did. Two um, years and got out quick. <laughs> as for Joniak, a lot of people don't realize that he was frantic about the weather because he studies it. He was going to be a meteorologist at one point in time. That was one of his dreams. So when he talks about the pressure systems, he's not just talking about what it takes to nail a kick in the closing <laughs> seconds. He's talking about meteorology and that kind of stuff. So Jeff Joniak had this one mapped out on Monday. So he will be ready, him and Tom in the booth on WBBM. Okay, we digress a lot. 